The Damaged Goods Podcast. Pens, though. I like the pens. 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 D-pens or what? G-pens? D-pens. What's a D-pens? Oh, D-pens. Ah. Just in case. Just in case you gotta go. See, Tim, that was very um, that was very poetic of you. That was, uh, I don't know, a play on words. You're very artistic. <laughs> you might have a whole other side to you. I don't know about. A literary side? Um, I, t- I took a second to get that. I like... I I did I I had fun doing literature in high school. You, man. Th- you were yeah. strong in English. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I was, still am. Are you? Were you bad at math and science? No, Ma- science. Yes, math. I'm still good at math. See, I was always yeah. bad at math yeah. and science. Yeah. Good English history. I feel like that's what people are. I loved history. Fuck, I loved American history. Were you I, artistic? I had a um yes. I did art classes more than anything. So I always thought that people. I was artsy too. I was a drawer, or a painter, and people who do music or arts. I feel like they tend to be better at the English and history, math and science. I think I learned more math from bartending. Which I, is count tabs. Quick money. But dude, you wouldn't bartend until you were over the quick age of 21, though, money. right? I started when I was 17. 17? What state was this? Can we incriminate the state for employing a minor? Ohio. So Ohio? God damn. What part of Ohio? Columbus. Is that where you're from? I grew, went to high school there. So you grew up in Columbus? I oh. lived in Chicago till I was 10, Toledo, Ohio till I was 13, then Columbus till I was 19. A Midwest baby, dude. Yeah. I mean, I'll think of it. You've gotten to travel the, the globe internationally by music. And, yeah. And, 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 and before and the music, Marine the Marines. Corps, yeah. You know, doing so a couple things here and there. Where would, but, when you first got stationed or whatever, uh, was it overseas? My first duty station was Camp Lejeune. Where's that? Courthouse Bay in North Carolina. Oh, that's where, is that right where all Marines go? Yeah. That's where my boy went to, like, do his training, I guess. You're Boot talking camp. to a kid who doesn't. What year? How, what year what, uh, what, 2006. And where was he? Where did he live at? Somewhere in North Carolina. He went okay, from Boston so he down went, there. He went to Paris Island. Yeah, the training because, place. Yeah, because yeah. there is a, there is a cutoff. The Mason Dixon line. Everybody to the west of the Mex- Mason Dixon oh. line goes to San Diego. Everybody on oh, the east okay. side goes to Paris yeah, Island. Yeah. Was, and women. It's funny because I go. You know, I live in L.A. and I, I go surfing down south of L.A. Orange County. Sometimes down to San Diego, and. uh Obviously, when I'm in San Diego, one of the reasons I don't like going out at night in San Diego, you got all these like military fucking dudes, whatever. Yeah. But when I even surf in Orange County, there's a spot where you can see uh, up on the hills, they have this training terrain that kind of like looks like Afghanistan, the Middle East, because it's a similar climate, of California course, yeah. and that. Yeah. And, and you'll be the out there surfing there. and you'll yeah. hear all the training gunshots and mm-hmm. the fires and the bomb things. Yeah. I went to schools. I went to school in California. Marine where? Marine Corps school. Marine Del Corps Mar. school. Del yeah. Mar. Del Mar. Very famous yeah. skate park out there, dude. Um, Oceanside, California Ocean, area. So, so, so that seems so untimmy Z. What's that? Oceanside, Del Mar. <laughs> Man, there was a great place there. There was a Oceanside. There was the, of course, there was the illustrious booby bar that we always used to go to. What would you recall the name of that booby uh, bar? God, no. I, fuck, this is from 30 years ago. Um, but there was a pizza place. I think it was called Sammy's or Shakey's on one corner, and there was a record store across the street. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember buying some cassettes there. I think Conspiracy by King Diamond came out then. Early times. In 89. Um, Overkill. uh the years of decay came out around that time, so I bought that. Then there at that record store. You know what I always wondered, because I never, obviously, never been in the army, or the yeah. Marines, or anything. When you're in the training camps, right? Everyone has their music they're playing. Is there like a like a large divide of of 
what kind of music people are listening oh, yeah. to. This guy's over you here. Got, you got walks of life from Yeah, but I'm saying like if you guys are listening to heavy metal, you're over here. There's some hip-hop dudes here. The country guys are yeah. over here, something like that. Yeah. Um, for instance, okay, so my, my first huge duty station was we got sent to Japan, to, to Okinawa. And over there, they had Kenwood stereo systems and this stereo system. But we also had a PX where you could just go buy it. So I bought a stereo system over there. And I had two brothers, which we didn't call them brothers. We called them Green Marines because I didn't see black. We didn't see black and white in the Marine Corps. That's my brother. That's my green brother because you couldn't call him my white brother. So then, you know, whatever. So um, I had two brothers, Green Brothers, that were – and they introduced me to NWA. Oh yeah, you know. So I come into my room one day and I'm like, listen, I'm like, what in the fuck is this? And like, this is NWA. And I said, okay, but you need to ask before you touch my shit, you know, because <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. you know, but you know, whatever. Yeah. And then on the upside, I lost one of those guys, and then I got a dude that was totally into Garth Brooks. So oh, now you got then you got three oh, different yeah, rounds. Yeah. Oh. And then I had, you know, other roommates I had was was into metal back then. This guy Vic was a great guitar player. Um he listened to, you know, back then it was eighties hair metal back then, you know. Yeah. Dawkins and Testament <laughs> and you know, the it, yeah. it was different back then. Music yeah. was different. I always envision like the scene in Platoon where like you got Tom Berenger and, and Matt Dillon's little brother and them they're listening to like good old boy music. Oh, you're you're talking about in Platoon. Yeah, and yeah, then you got like yeah. Defoe and all those dudes, Charlie Sheen. Hey, you know what? Like nobody ever, shit. no, nobody ever really separated. Stuff. But you know? I mean, they, no. I mean, dude, even on tour doing music shit, I feel like there's not separation. Oh yeah, but like there might be the front lounge or the dudes who well, drink more. Yeah, exactly. You got the smokers the bu- in the back, the, bu- the bus, smokers, the bus, yeah, the, like that, like on our crew bus. It's basically me in the back lounge. That's that's where I live at. You yeah, know, that's, that's where, where I, I, in the back lounge, I, I work all day long. That's where I hide out. That's my yeah. fortress of solitude on the road. Cannabis enjoyer. That's where yeah. you go. Uh, that that fellow cannabis enjoyer voice in in marine music man, is, is my guest, uh, Tim Zukowski. He's a obviously he's a former marine, but he works in the realm of touring live music, which I do too, and that's how I've got to know him. He travels the world working for some of your favorite bands and artists, and uh, making sure everything goes smoothly. And seeing the world now without army greens on. Although you you are wearing camo pants I, today. You know what? You they're, are wearing fatigues today. They're you're, comfortable. I was gonna say you're wearing fatigues that have elastic like uh, bottoms at the ankles. Because, I don't think they issued those because to you, guys back you know then. what? You know what? They're mainstream now. <laughs> they have an elastic waistband. Yeah, no, yeah. they actually have a drawstring. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, there's they're, no They're belt considered loops. sweatpants. I, I guess. mean, they're very comfortable. But yeah, I bet those might have been more comfortable urban. than the shit you guys had to wear. Oh, out there, well, right? you know what? I, I back when I went in, we had you had two sets of camouflage. You had these poplins, which were like really light for like cold or warm weather, de- um, desert. Oh, you talking about two different kinds of like uh, yeah textures, material. And then your winter time, you had woodlands, and those were the thick are those wool. Are the ones that are like rip proof? Yes. Yeah, when we were skaters as a kid, we would like yeah. to buy those from Army Navy stores because you fall, yeah. they don't rip. They don't rip like your knees easy. off. Yeah, yeah. But the Marine Corps, they all went away with those. As when once we went from, because when I went to boot camp, we were what I was we were still training. Eighty nine. Okay. I went in June so June thirteenth of nineteen eighty nine. Yes, we were still working with working on trying to figure out how to fight the Russians. That's what we were doing. We were still being taught how to you're, fight you're the Russians. The end, end of the Cold War, right there. Pretty much the end of the Cold War. Nineteen ninety one, I think, is when the Cold War. That's when the war fell. 
well, ni- 1989 is when the wall fell, but I think it was when the 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 Cold War ended when the Soviet Union was dissolved in 1991-92. See, that's your history skills from high school. So. Oh, dude, in. history. History. I love history. So, so you um, guys had greens on when you were in there, though. What's that? When you were still in the Marines at the end of the 80s, you were wearing green fatigues. We were still wearing green fatigues. And we, I still, we still wore green fatigues all the way through until I got out in 1993. They had changed it after that. Down the line. Is so. that, does anyone still wear the greens, or is it all like the desert yeah, they storm do. colors? They do. They wear greens when they're in, on stateside, usually. And okay. Because like like, North green. Carolina is all... Yeah, true. When you're training it's green, there, right? You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's green. Though. It's interesting, because a lot of the wars going down before that involved lush, jungly, tree-like... Oh, triple canopy things. jungles yeah, in Vietnam, anything, anything Korea. In the South American region, the little missions people were doing... But then you go to the Middle East and you got this desert climate and mountains. And you can see for miles and it looks the same every way you turn. Camouflage. So. I do always like, you know, one of my favorite little, I would never do this because I'm not a pickup kind of guy. But if I was a cheesy dude who wanted to pick up on girls, what I would do is if I saw an attractive, cute girl at a bar or club and she had like a camo jacket or a camo hoodie or something on, I'd like back up like I was talking to my friend, bump into her and be like, oh, excuse me, didn't see you there. Like, <laughs> I, the I like, get you. Yeah. The camouflage thing. Yeah. yeah. No, it these like I said, these are they just look like sweatpants, well. man. Yeah, and yeah, I drove today to come up and hang out with y'all. Yeah, yeah. So cozy, cozy clothes, yeah. man. You gotta be comfortable, dude. I don't blame but, you. Uh, I mean I wear I've always worn like fatigue things. I had my grandfather had his jacket from back in the day and it didn't fit me, but I like liked it, you know. So I'd go and buy like army navy shit. Yep. Always and, and then, you know, you've seen different trends in the culture of, of you know people dressing in fatigue things or camouflage i remember like two years ago i have people that work in fashion my girlfriend's in that shit that was the end thing was like it, it's weird i it didn't start wearing thing. this stuff until i got into touring you know 10 but, I mean, you, 15 you, years you ago you have a reason though cause yeah you're a Marine. i, I uh. stopped wearing it after i got out everything yeah, that i owned it it's like a goddamn everything i owned went back you know i actually everything i owned from the marine corps was in South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, and a, and a well, they give it back because I paid for that. Nothing no, is you, free. No, you know I'm saying you give it back to them. Or you no, keep it? we keep it. Yeah. Nothing is free. You you pay for your uniforms. You th- you think you're getting free uniforms oh, when so you go to boot camp? Tears in enough for them. No, See? you That's pay bad. for that. Though, so, don't get you know, yeah, don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's 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 okay. So joining the Marine Corps is not for everybody. Yeah, shit. you have to have a few screws loose. And you have to have a few screws that are actually tightened down pretty tight in order to go through that, the brutal mind games that you have to deal with yeah, in yeah. order to survive it. That's what boot camp is. Ninety-five percent in your melon. If you don't think you can do something, you are not going to do it. Toast. And you have to learn how to work as a team. You know, you may not like the dude that sleeps next to you because he snores, but that motherfucker may save your life someday if he had to. You know. So yeah. actually, I mean. You bring up a point that I think I can't remember who it was. I've had a few people on here who've served, whether it was in the Marines or just Army or in combat. And uh, you always think of like, sorry for making another Vietnam War movie reference. People think of like Full Metal Jacket, right? Um, yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio's character, whose name I'm forgetting the name of, but you know the dudes rag on him, they beat on, they they clown on him. And I, I was talking to somebody who was on here who had served, 
and I was asking if he ever had anybody in the in the the, the platoon, I guess, or whatever. That was kind of like a weak link, you know, like a, not the, not the smartest or the fastest or the whatever. Maybe they're you're lazy. always going to have a weak exactly. link. Exactly. And yeah. I was wondering, do you guys clown him? Do you ostracize him? Do you? And then he, the guy, told me who can't remember who it was. They were like, no, that's. That, that might be the weak link, but it's in my interest for my own survival as it's well. It's to this help guy's him and this guy's because we're a up. team. Exactly. I got to yes. pull him up because if he's yes. slow, he's lagging, yeah. then I might die. This guy might die. So we got to pick him back up. We don't want to about clown Private him. Pile. Yeah, Private Pile. Thank you, dude. You know, it's Gomer there. Pile, who was a actual drill instructor he in the United like States Marine Corps too. a few years ago. Yeah. So um, that movie, that, or at least that first half of that movie, is a. One of the was it was why was, I would never have joined I, the army I don't or any military section. That wasn't how my Marine Corps boot camp was, but on that level, you know, um, you get there, you got on the, you get on the bus, it's all quiet, you know, you're riding into the island, you. Drill instructor is really nice and quiet. That comes up, or the sergeant, or the, the corporal of the the day or whatever and then they get you on the footprints outside and then that's when destroy it, you yeah it, that's the part of it the, the first three days is nothing but you don't sleep they're trying to see how long they can push you without sleeping yeah. so you sleep Break you. you don't do for three days so put it this way my signature that i yeah, write I've gone, out I've gone without to, sleep for three days too but i was having a lot more fun than but, that. but my <laughs> my signature that i write today is probably the signature that I write, I signed on my contract to join the military at about day three, the way I write it now. Because you were so tired. Because I was so tired. And that's how you're teaching your brain to do something so quick Even that you when get you it beat. over with when you don't. Yeah. yeah. So my, my friend, the guy I was talking about earlier who went, um, he joined it. I remember. So I knew him since I was like 18 or whatever. And he was an artistic dude, you know, like. He he was into art, like drawing, like visual art. He was into music. Yeah. And um, he joined the Marines, I guess, kind of, I don't know, how old were you? 19. Okay, he was like, this is later. I mean, he must have been 25, maybe 26, because he's older than me. I don't know. Something like that. Maybe 25, whatever. The whole thing was, you know, he was into music and art, and he was a little screw loose, a few screws loose, right? He of was course. having a hard time holding down jobs. And then he was getting, you know, kicked out of his mom's. And then his dad's like, just nothing was working. He, he was very smart, like too smart. Too smart that he would mouth off to bosses and, and, and lose gigs. So I don't know, somehow he came to some realization that, okay, I need to like do some shit that's going to make me focus, snap into it, where it doesn't matter what I mouth off to, I'm yeah. locked in, whatever, whatever. So he joins the Marines and he's writing me letters from boot camp, which are insane. I still have them. The, the stories he was saying are crazy. Uh, but... Then he did his four years, and he was in Japan cleaning up the um, the Fukushima, uh, whatever after fallout. the tsunami. Yeah, and, the and he stayed over yeah. there. He, he was teaching English, doing mercenary work, met a woman. They got married, had a baby, whatever. But with the funniest thing—not funny actually. This is not funny at all. But the interesting thing that I noticed that I really didn't notice until just recently is after his Marine experience and going through now, he kind of lost. Or stopped all his artistic endeavors, even on the side. Like a kid who was a visual artist, drawing, painting, graffiti, making music, writing, playing, whatever. I mean, maybe he does it, and I don't know about it. But but it's like he changed, and he, he got a little more you know focused. He got the family to take care of. But uh, it, it, I don't know if it killed I, it or I can, just I can, changed it. I don't know. I can see what you're saying. I I do believe that we do lose part of ourselves in boot camp. Now, that's my big fear about that shit. Always Is was you you have to understand though. 
they take you from this worthless maggot, as they call you, and they take about 75 to 90% of what you've learned in life so far and kind of push it to the side and then put their pre-programming in. They leave you the part where you know how to... To li- to eat and sleep and yeah. tie your shoe, and go to the bathroom, take yeah. a piss, take a shit, whatever. That's what they leave you with, it's, and it's everything a else is programming of sorts. Yes, because you have to be programmed. And I get, I understand that too. Yeah. It's necessary for what you're joining, what you're getting into. You know, yeah. I get it. You know, you know, the United States Marine F- Corps stands for you signed the motherfucking contract. <laughs> so. You are a yeah. property of the government. You get yeah. sunburnt, you could get in trouble. You yeah. break an arm, you get in trouble. You get tattooed, you could get in trouble. What do you mean? Like, so you can't have tattoos in them? Uh, legally, you're not supposed to get you tattoos. You can have them already, but you yes, can't have them Yes, but you're not there. supposed to get them as you go. And they kind of turned a blind eye to it for so long. That feels like a because little Because what if something gets on. infected and then you're taken yeah, yeah, out yeah. of something? And so what happens if your unit's on... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now on alert, and then your unit gets called up, and then you're a worthless piece of shit. Well, you can't go do your job. That's what they're. I yeah. always used to think it was funny in Vietnam, like why they wouldn't draft a, a person with flat feet or allergies, right? My father didn't get drafted because he had allergies. He would have gone to Mexico anyway. But the whole thing, I was like, this, <laughs> this seems like a, a little reason why flat feet. But the point is, you you guys are all trying to make it through somewhere in a certain amount of time, and the guy with flat feet is dragging, or the guy with asthma can't breathe. Right? I have flat feet, so, and I don't know how I passed. Oh, see, but I mean, that's that's why yeah. you're trying to minimize the shit that's going to slow you down, like. I I fucked up my arm in a skateboard injury when I was young, really bad. My right arm doesn't straighten, so I can't technically operate a rifle properly, although I've shot plenty of them. So, yeah. God forbid, you know, I was ever to get drafted. My mother's like, the upside of this problem with your fucking gimp arm now is you can't go to war. I was like, Ma, they ain't going to have the draft anyway now. But, yes, I have a fucked up arm. <laughs> I Thank don't you. think there'll ever be a draft in, well, in the I United States The reason again. they won't, because in, in the 70s when they had the draft, the division of people because of the draft was such an outpour of anti-war things, I think if you yeah. had to do a draft again, it would be like that. So rather than visualize uh, the, I don't know, dissent against war, you know, in the protests of the people and shit, they, they would keep the draft out of there. And you can entice people to join from either just wanting to support it, a good job opportunity, make money, college, whatever it yeah. is. You know what I'm saying? Like I had friends oh, yeah. who joined to go fight in Afghanistan, Iraq for, for college or whatever, shit like that, you know. They wanted, mo- you know, jobs or... Um, but you know, and I, I, those guys that are coming back now, I like for instance, I I have a really. At home, when I'm off the road, I work at a gym, and I have a friend that did four tours in Afghanistan, been through, yeah, and is a basket case, is a yeah. mess, and I've. I've actually talked him out of rejoining the military. I've talked him into going to seek counseling. I've had so his his mother comes up his mother yeah. Tours? He just he has a wish. A death wish. He some guys get that that yeah. that's this is what I was born to do. Yeah. I don't believe that you're born to be a soldier or a marine or a, a, someone in the navy. Or the Air Force. Now, yeah. let's get this straight. A Marine is a Marine. A soldier is in the Army. Yeah. 
So just yeah, so people I understand that. I know you guys got. I yeah. know I talked to Royce. There's a shout out Royce Lee, Damage Goods Podcast <laughs> alum. He's a Marine. Well, you know they get you got old Aaron I've that used Aaron, to be with us, he's and, an, and I've had a and he was other a, army soldiers. He was on a too. sapper, yeah. and and he he was he What's was trained. Dip, he was an he was a combat engineer. Okay. Yeah, so army and nothing against you, my brother. I love you till the the day you die. Very different though. Different stuff. So it's just we were different. We're totally trained differently. So, but your friend. Like what you're what you're describing about him is something that I even notice it on the road in, in terms it's of the things they see. It's but the things they see and they don't know how to talk about it. Also, you're getting to accustomed to, to a, a lifestyle where within that lifestyle, whether you're in the in the the Marines or the Army or whatever, or if you're touring, working in music, you get accustomed to this lifestyle where you're good. You excel at this. You're very good under high yeah. pressure, working for a common goal with your your teammates, your your platoon dudes, or your the crew that you work for, the band, right? Mm -hmm. You're all working for the common goal. It's high pressure. It's intense. You're kind of in a bubble, right? You 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 operate not outside the law per se, but Certain rules don't apply to you. Even in music, when you come to the shows of town, you've got the main pass. You kind of run shit. People think you're cool, whatever. And it's, it, I'm just saying, there's, oh, yeah. there's parallels, right? And so there's people I know, just like you know, like your your friend from the army, who who people who do the music thing, yeah. they can't live outside of that. They don't know how to acclimate. Just I have a lot of friends who spend a lot of time in prison, family members <coughs> who come back from jail. They're more comfortable there than they are here because that's where they excel. They spend so much time there when they're not on the road touring or not doing a tour of duty in, in Afghanistan. Okay, or so jail. I said, they yes. don't know and what I, I will explain that to you real quick. Yeah. You want to know how I feel about my job and your job? Yeah. This is fantasy land, bro. Yeah, we're having fun. This is, I wouldn't easy. just say it's fun. But it's, it's I, I tried to say, everybody always says to us, man, you are living the dream. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. This is not my dream. This is a job. Yeah. My, if my dream would have been to be in music, I would be the asshole up on stage, you know, filling out my fantasy. So I call this fantasy land. When I go home, I'm a hermit. Yeah. I go to I go to the gym to work in the morning. I get paid cash. I yeah. Go work out in the afternoon, and then I hang out at home with my dog, and everything's hunky dory. That's how it is. But like my friend, you're right. He that's all he's known yeah. since he's he more comfortable there than a, he is exactly. At home, right? he and I try do. to get him out of that, and it's it tough. just it scares the crap out of me. There's some days there's nothing where that's he, gonna be the same. Yeah, maybe, maybe firefighter, maybe a cop. Yeah, right. That's the only things that normal. He's a construction guy yeah. now. That's which, probably not doing it. Right, scratching the itch. Right. Yeah. So. Like, and to keep him off drugs and alcohol is my biggest thing. And that's thing, the other dude. thing. You come home and there's no other yeah. rush, so you're just left with your thoughts. Yeah. Nothing to occupy your energy. Yeah. So what am I going to do? I'm going to drink. I'm gonna he take wants to go to the gun gonna... range. Yeah, yeah, exactly. or he, and that's things that I don't do. You yeah. know. And, and I have friends doing you know, the same thing as, as yeah. your boy who, who did their tours. They come home. A lot of them maybe fall into the line of working in music. And when they're on the road on tour, it's all good. But when they have those downtimes, I don't know what to do. And they, they just left with their mind, which is a scary place. For some of us, like just having oh, your own yeah. thoughts. So that's why dudes get drunk and fucked up. I mean, dude, I've got dudes I know that you know, two people that tour music who just want to be on the road all the time. Even though they have a wife or kids at home, they don't know how to go home and be a dad or a husband or a boyfriend yeah. or just a single guy having fun. They have to be out here. And even out here, they got a nice hotel room, a nice hotel room, but they want to be on the bus. They don't know. They still want to eat cereal out of a, of a solo cup instead of a bowl. I they do still it want to still, simulate, right? Because thing, they don't yeah. know. I have friends who come home from jail and still do jail shit because they course, don't yeah. know how to not do it. They, they, they're more comfortable. being told what to do all the time. Yeah, yeah. And, and, that, you fall I, into and I get that. Yeah. And, I, and when I got out of the Marine Corps, let me tell you, I was like, okay, now what? 
It's like I don't have. I don't. Over, I don't have. And that's the problem. Over, they don't have any. They need no to figure out course, a way to right? exit. Give you like the last month of your service. Yeah. How are you going to go doing your gig world. and all that stuff? How about you teach these people how to transition into, to, the into real life? World. You know, because yeah, the army or the marines or tours of duty isn't the. I mean, it's real, no doubt. It's real, but it, meaning the real world, it's not the common experience. It's a bubble of sorts, right? Oh yeah. It's and just a, like just like jail, just like touring and music, and how do you transition? Like when people come out of prison, some jails they'll try to give you a transitional. Course, of course, yeah. But you're right. I'm sure they don't have that in the military. No, not and as much. You need as they that, should. dude. How are you gonna fuck? That's why I feel like a lot of dudes get into touring and music because of the, some of the similarities, some of the parallels, right? You're out with your boys. No one's breathing down your neck. You can kind of yeah. act the same way, but you get the job done. You got to be diligent and tough and on a, a schedule. You know, um, shit like that. You know. I don't. I. I. With my getting into this business was kind of because the Marine Corps failed me when I got out and how I was they lost. Fail you? Just nothing. What, what do I do now? So you afterwards, know? you felt like you didn't come away with anything. I mean, I did, but I didn't. The Marine Corps. It's 110, 120,000 men and women. That's it. Worldwide. That's it. Small. Com- compared small to the Army and yeah. compared to the Navy and by, by far compared to the Air Force. We are a guerrilla warfare, militia-style fighting force that's... We're not there to win the, the war. We're there to go and win the battle. Yeah, that's yeah. what the Marine Corps Sp- was designed shit. for. So that's all you're really taught is how to go and... Yeah, how yeah, to work yeah, as a yeah. team to go destroy the enemy. Yeah, yeah. The easiest way to say it. And, I mean, I did amphibious assault. I, I, I drove and I shot... Weapons out of it, and oh, what, what, what are you? Amphibious assault. What is that? Those little like trucky things that drive through the water. Okay, it's a seven. It's 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 an amphibious assault vehicle. It was a amphibious assault. It's a seventy-two ton vehicle, but it's that a dro- floats in water. It floats. Yeah, it it does. We did ship to shore movements. Is with this the thing that leaves it. from the bigger boat and the, brings you to shore yes. with all the guys jumping you out see of it? The, the, the best way I can say this, if you've ever seen the movie. Heartbreak Ridge with Clint Eastwood. At the oh, end, yeah, when yeah. they're supposedly attacking the Falkland Islands, oh yeah, which was actually Puerto Rico is where they were filming Puerto it Rico. at. Um, <laughs> and, and he's those not are the a- those a- are the action. vehicles that come out of the ships and go into the yeah, water. Yeah, and drop the I remember GI Joe action yeah. figures. They had a cool one. I think Beachhead was GI Joe who drove yeah. it in, and yeah. they had a, 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 a they called it a, a, a personnel carrier. But doesn't it kind of roll yeah. up on the shore a little bit? Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Wait, so it's like treads on it or something, right? It tracks like a tra- like a yeah. tank. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, like that. It just basically so you drove it, one of those. Yeah, badass. I wouldn't say badass. I I My know. curse was I knew how to swim. Oh, see, I'm a great swimmer yeah. myself. So fantastic swimmer. Yeah, when I went to boot camp, I took some extra testing and extra was gonna do, was going to do some security clearance stuff, and then. I swam so good because that's what I loved to do when I was a kid. So in the Midwest, where were you swimming? Just pools, lakes, pools. pools? Yeah. Oh I, yeah. I grew up swimming like a motherfucker. Toledo, Ohio, the, the 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 community pool at the YMCA. That's where <laughs> I grew up, man. Shout out to pool. Toledo, Ohio YMCA. There you go. Yeah. So. Dude, I th- you know, it's Bowman funny. Pool. It was. I, I know horrible. dudes, grown men my age, uh, swim poorly if at all. Yeah. You know, and I grew up swimming. Dude, I grew up swimming probably before I even fully learned how to walk. So I've been acclimated to the ocean. Pools, lakes, all that shit. I love yeah. it. I mean, the I sw- the swim test. I think you guys have to do is insane, right? Like, 
I don't know, backpack full of bricks, swim to the bottom, blindfolded <laughs> shit. I'm just imagining something what like that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I had yeah. a so the three years of my high school time, I got sent to a boarding school, right? And in the boarding school, uh, you have to do every semester, you have to do some kind of activity. You either have to play a sport or do like phys ed yeah. or, or some yep. shit like that, right? Yeah. It's a and so I, I was a skater yeah. though, right? I was like sponsored by a shot. I was big. That was my main thing. And like I was talking about this arm thing, I fucked this arm up in the tenth grade. And uh, I was in a cast, and it was during a vacation. I was in a cast and a sling. I broke my arm, dislocated my elbow. So I came out of it, and I was going to do that shit, and I never even heard of it. My boy's like, you should row crew, which I'm so glad I never did. That's like some fucking shit that's not my style. I'm glad I didn't. So I wasn't going to. But then they were like, oh, you should, you could be the dude who drives the motorboat with the captain or the coach or whatever, screaming at the dudes, drive the motorboat. I was like, yo, no doubt. I can drive a motorboat with my arm in a cast. No problem. They're like, you just got to take a swimming test in the pool or you're going to have to wear life preservers. They're like, no, I'm a great swimmer, but I got this fucked up arm. I just broke my shit. Like, I, have, I have one arm right now. They're like, no, you got to take the swimming test. And the swimming test was jumping in the pool with like fully clothed, like shoes, jacket, pants, swim to the bottom, take the shit off, toss it uh, onto the side, do a couple laps. And I did that shit with one arm because I didn't want to have to do any fizz at or bush. I was like, I'm going to drive a motorboat. It's going to be the easiest fucking afternoon gig ever. I can come high, which I did, and drive a motorboat right with one arm. So I passed that fucker. Felt good. It's nothing like what you. Why did. did you go to boarding school? I wasn't in my control, dude. I didn't have a choice in that one. It was like my, my parents were split in, and it was. I get it. You know, stay out of trouble. Yeah. Public schools yeah. weren't the grandest, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it I was, started out in Catholic school, went yeah. back to public school. It was a. I'm lucky. I never went to Catholic yeah. school. I, both my parents went, and they did not have grand experiences themselves. Yeah. And I, I had friends that went. I didn't. So this wasn't a Catholic school. It was you know just a regular boarding school but it was a very lenient very artistic I was Catholic movie. until I mean I was raised Catholic myself man, I just I, I you know how you get that stupid crap Bro, memories on yeah. Facebook pop up Yeah dude I mean I was raised Catholic dude I was yeah. Hail Mary's our fathers every so, night Sundays yeah, going to the so church I fucking St. Christopher on my I Christmas. had a pop up the other day that it uh 9 years was when I I said sayonara to the Catholic church I mean yeah my you know, parents both so. like they didn't love their experiences, so they didn't push it on me. But because of their whole families and my grandparents, it was still the thing. So I still went, you know, for funerals yeah. and Christmas and church on Sundays sometimes. And but I never had to go to Catholic school. I left. I left for the hypocrisy and the yeah. fucking stupidity. And that's stupidity. what my that's what my fucking family yeah. did. You know, like they were really anti it. My mother had a one of my mother had a big Irish Catholic family. One of her sisters died on Christmas when they were young when yeah. she was thirteen, and. Um, Obviously, my whole family's fucking broken up about it, you know, right? And uh, the the local priest said some shit to my mom and one of the other siblings, like, "Oh, don't be crying and sad. You should be like thankful. This is a blessing. Your sibling died on Christ's birthday and shit." And that fucked their whole head up. Like, yo, the, this dude who we see every Sunday is telling us we should be psyched that Deborah just died, you yeah. know? And that fucked their head up. So even some of them still, you know, sent their my cousins, their kids to Catholic schools, and I, all my cousins went to Catholic school communions and all that. I had baptism, but I never had communion. I never had to go to Catholic school. My boarding school was chill. I didn't have a dress code. My right cousins at Catholic school had dress up. We oh had, yeah, like, artsy fucking girls Quarter with earrings in their faces, dude. Yeah, dude, we had an artsy boarding school, dude. Yeah. Like chicks with pink hair, dude. You know, like skater. You could you could be whatever you want, or you could be the jock dickhead, dude, too. You know, yeah. but uh, no dress codes. Thank God. I had bullies when I was in Catholic school. I was a oh, roly poly for little sure, dude. Bullies um, are everywhere, and dude. I'm friends with him on Facebook now. now I hope oh. you, good I hope for you, you man, Timmy Z. That's hope, a that's a big I, thing. I hope you realize that that you know who you are. That it's a big. If step. You listen to this. That you, I was skeptical about, dude. Becoming I, friends with him again, but I'm impressed, man. Yeah, I had bullies so. in like sixth and seventh grade, and 
I don't know where they lurk, but I haven't come across them on social media, but I definitely wouldn't friend them. And nowadays, I'd fucking, if yeah. you know, things came to things, I'm a lot bigger than I used to be. When I was little, I was little. I was quiet, timid, and small physically. But then I was a bully, too, and I apologized to that guy oh, on Facebook, You know what? Too, so. You guys can't hear that? We were just, I just uh, gave Timmy Z a pound on damaged goods. <laughs> that, that's No, that's that's big, dude. That's a big What's thing. That? Just to be like, yo, I, I was an asshole. I was a bully. All right, I, I did. Or even if I just he was, did some dickhead shit to you. He was the kid that I could beat up when I was that age. But that, hey, we, but that's we, you know, that's that's natural because you, you get know. bullied on too. Right? Oh yeah, and it know. all goes downhill. Bullying is horrible. It all goes downhill though. Like, you know, like you get bullied on, then you might do it to somebody. And I mean, it's not. I remember being like one time I was in jail in New York for a few days, and uh, I'm not that dude to be a dickhead to people, right? But we were in this like group. Man cell This is like my second day there And uh, not a lot of seating Because I got moved to this cell With some other dudes right Yeah And there was some some Definitely a chump ass kid Right Sitting on And, and I didn't want to be an asshole But I was like I want to sit down And I want everyone to know That I'm not like About to be the softest dude in here Not that I'm Fucking super duper Thugged yeah. out Tough guy guy either But I did what you did I, I, I bullied this kid out of his seat Like an asshole Only because A I knew I could yeah. And B, it benefited me in, in some other ways. And I didn't feel great about it, and I'll never see this guy. I don't know who he is. I'll never yeah, apologize course, yeah. to him, but I yeah. did it right then because it was the best thing for me to do, you yeah. know? And I didn't feel great about yeah, it. Yeah, it was um, yeah, it was it was weird when I... I mean, I'm sure, dude, I'm sure you had, must have had a bunch of bullying in the Marines, dude. Hazing oh, or whatever. Oh, yeah, we had, yeah. We, oh, of course you do. It's, it, it's yeah. just like... It's just like being a jock in high school. We had it, too. See, I wasn't a jock. You know? I was an artsy dude. So, I didn't deal with that. And yeah. I didn't like... I didn't like this kind of the hazing frat boy mentality. That's why I didn't go into the sports thing. And even as an adult, I never liked those kids. I would get in fights with frat boys and shit. And I played baseball when I was little. I played little. baseball when I was little too, but I, played, I didn't. You know, I started out on T-ball and then yeah, I yeah, played no, regular I, baseball. And I then did all that, but I didn't go like the, late, the later parts of high school trying to be a varsity. Played football up until f- after my freshman year, then just didn't yeah, I mean, feel like playing anymore. I just, yeah, the, the authority thing was... One of the same reasons why I would have never joined the military or something is the same reason I quit playing organized sports and started skateboarding. And even in my arts classes, which I did good in, I was having issues because oh, I was a teacher. Yeah. I did too, but I was starting to just have any problem with someone above me. I just wasn't clicking well, you know? And that's why I could never have, I could never have joined a frat or I hated that kind of mentality. I had cousins who did it. I was like, what the fuck? You know, I just couldn't be told what to do. So that's why I could never have done what you did. Uh, but you don't strike me as a guy... Who's told what to do and listens? Like, I mean, maybe then, maybe when you were like 19 in the Marines, but then that's a compliment, dude. That's a compliment. Oh, I know. I'm not either, know. you know? know? But I mean, that that that's like usually what you think of like young guys who go into the army, the military, or join a frat, yeah. or or just join the dumb bully in high school who they're just the bully's friends, you yep, know? Yep, yep. Are you see, you, you see that kind of shit in, in touring and music, hazing on a way lower level. But I've been on tours where there's like an 18, 19 year old kid, first, not only his first tour, first time away from home. Okay, this kid's yeah. 18, 19, and the other kids aren't even like the tough guys, but they're the, it's not even the toughest rough guys out there hazing that kid. It's like the soft middle ground kids hazing the young 18, 19 year old tough guy. And I'm looking, I'm like, the only reason you're doing it is because he's so soft and gentle. You're not even the, the rough tumble guy. He's not even, he's laughing at both. He thinks you're both corny. Of course, yeah. But like, you know, I see tons of that shit go down out there, you know? I, I've even had people try to do it to me when I was younger. I was like, yo, I'm, I'm not the one for this hazing shit, bro. I don't care about any job or anything better than fucking putting my radio down and squaring off. Like, I'll lose my temper never, too fast. I never, like... <coughs> yeah. I always got picked on as a little... I, I, would, I, didn't, I was a little kid until I 
hit puberty at like 11, 12. And then physically, I grew. See, I didn't even and I, but I was 17. like three feet tall and, you know, red haired. I was a little ginger, you know, got fried at the pool because mama didn't put enough suntan yeah, lotion SPF on 80, here bro. or whatever. I rock SPF 80. So, no shame in it. You know, um, it's the bullying thing is funny, man. Cause like, yeah, I got it. I got it too. And your generation's even before mine. So you got it too. And now you see all this attention towards bullying now. Like, you know, it's trying to stop it, which yeah. is awesome. I, I, oh, yeah. I, I'm all for it. But there's guys, my generation, even older who, who never got that kind of, um, understanding or their, 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 any compensation for their bullying. No one, no one helped them back then. So they're like, well, well, you know, when I my day we got it, and I don't know why these kids are complaining. They almost want the new kids to suffer because no one helped them. No one cared when they got bullied. And you know, I, I, I get it, and I get I, it. I get it. And it's then tricky, I, right? It's but tricky. It's, diff- it's totally a different but, yeah, world yeah. now. It's a total different world. And that's now. the thing. And when I was growing up, I when I was bullied, and I was a kid, I, it was the seventies still, yeah. in the early eighties. We, I didn't have to worry about. The internet. I had a oh, regular dude. phone. I rode a bike. I didn't. Yeah. You I could escape. I left, I, uh, you could yes. escape. I came home from getting yes. bullied, and I could grab my my pad and pen and paint and draw. I could grab my skateboard and go off. Now you, the kids can't escape because they turn on the fucking phone, the computer, and yeah. and it's there. I mean, I was ten years old, and my my mom and dad both worked day jobs, and so it was my brother and sister went to daycare and i went to the ymca or i stayed at home and then it was just on from there because when the sun went down or came up in the morning they were gone so so was i and then when the sun came down i came home sometimes it would be in the hospital uh you know from getting hit by cars or you know doing crazy stuff or being arrested or I mean, we we used to we used to go from one side of the town to the other through the tunnel systems in the sewers in Toledo. That's how we used to get around. You mean like in the like straight up Ninja Turtles? Yeah, Leonardo like that. You know, I grew up on the one side. I grew up in the part of Toledo which was in Willie's Park area by the Jeep plant. So it was like the white ghetto was on one side of the highway, and then you cross the bridge or go in the tunnel system, and they were on the other side. And Willie's Park was kind of like the place to hang out in the winter time to go sledding and then stealing each other's bikes or going through the cemetery and getting shot at by the yeah. rangers with salt guns yeah. or whatever you know that's stuff. what it was about me growing up as a kid on the streets we'd rob the liquor st- we'd rob yes. the corner store <laughs> you know for sodas and candy and yeah. yeah 10 11 12 years old you know yeah. we didn't know any better hell i got busted in my first bag of weed when i was 10 Dude. it was my this older kid that we hung out with he went to use the bathroom at my parents house and it was just crap shit but he set it on the counter and walked away and totally forgot and my mom freaked the hell out and oh man so of I course mean, the bible bangers that they were so and the funny thing is is like talking about how it's different now for bullying like the shit we were doing like i i dude, i was doing crazy shit when i was your yeah. age that age but too back right? then it was one bully now it's one bully times a gazillion because all the assholes on the internet exactly. when it gets posted. And not even just the bully, like say like you're talking about getting arrested, stealing from stores, yeah. doing all that little shit. I was doing that too. And the the same thing, like the same element, the internet thing that makes the bullying worse now might make kids less 
likely to do the shit like we were doing, like stealing from stores. I was breaking into houses when I was 11, like things we like that. We weren't breaking into houses, yeah. but we were like, I feel like the kids pens. aren't doing that though now we'd because they're contest. on these things though. We'd they're on contest. the computers now though. Who had the coolest pencil? The next like day, an actual school. pencil, like script pencils. Oh, wow. Remember the pencils, the electronic pencils. Yeah, that's when they came out when I was a kid. You know, you had Toledo remember, was crazy. You know, that's what we were doing. You know, we were we were a gangster like that. But I also, you know, we also had on where I went to school was in was a rundown Catholic school, and on the corner down the street was one of the worst biker bars in the Toledo perfect, area. Perfect, perfect planning. place to get you know. Yeah. You know, right on the highway, low-income housing. Let's put a Catholic school up. We had no playground. It was the parking lot. Oh, yeah. And Playing you played Nerf football. Nerf football. Tag, but it turns into tackle. Tag. <laughs> tag. You guys are playing tackle so, in the parking lot? That's I wouldn't great. say tackle, but yeah, sometimes it's, it's, it's it got rough. It's the tag that turns into tackle. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it got rough. That's the way it's supposed to be. We do. We used to play street hockey in the street, You know, basketball, everything. We play baseball in the street. That's just where you play. But these kids nowadays, it's a total different ball game, you know? But like, the, the bullying things that they're dealing with, awful, no doubt. That shit sucks. Yeah. But because they're on the computers and the internet more, less likely to be breaking into houses, stealing from the convenience store, maybe because they're wrapped up in the tablet, the, f- yeah. the phone, the computer. I, so it's I, like a double-edged sword. Still, but it's a double-edged sword, you're right, because I don't agree with being absorbed in I your, don't either, because you know, we weren't raised how like about, that. How about like this? How about when you come onto the bus sometimes, what's it like? I mean, like dudes in their phones in the it, face? What is that nobody doing? Talking exactly, unless you go to the back lounge and dudes and are that's smoking. That's why the back lounge and, yeah, is that way because dudes are smoking yeah. weed in the back of the tour bus, and that's the social yeah. thing. You go to the front lounge, maybe dudes are eating or drinking, or heads in the phones, and even the back lounge, maybe somebody whips the phone out. But if dudes are communal, right, smoking, there's a joint going around or a dab rig, and dudes are laughing. Maybe, maybe, maybe right? he's just usually it's what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, I'm just looking something up. We're talking yeah, about. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Oh, but here's the food thing. Let's no, go eat this Don't start this place. texting yeah. your girlfriend exactly. when we're having it, conversations. It, it, keep it, keep and, it in, in, in the, you know. the realm of reality right there. Keep everyone's energy connected. And then you're having fun. You're laughing. Maybe there's some shit on the TV that's muted, but you're laughing at that. Or you're just joking. Maybe we need balls. to start putting a sign up in the back that says no, no cell phone zone. Yeah. You, you go to some like you go to see a Tool show or Dave yeah. Chappelle. You're putting your fucking phone away. Yeah. T- and you know what, dude? I've never. And they're threatening you for that. And I've I've gone to shows like that. Best shows because everyone's engaged. Everyone's watching the comedian, watching the band. They don't have the opportunity oh, yeah. to be like, elsewhere. Okay, so for it's instance, you're talking dude. about that. I so I bumped into Post Malone. My boys work. Yeah, you, and you know, we talked about my boy like writes half his yeah. shit. A kid I grew up with, man. So, Shout out to Billy Walsh. Writes so, a lot of Post Malone's records. Um, I ran into him in the Minneapolis airport yeah. when I came off of uh, a run with uh, to go. Uh, pack lamb oh excuse me yeah yes i work for lamb of god if nobody Shout knew that lamb of god. um we were packing the ge- we were packing band. the gear for uh to go on our little hop across the u.s and go on a cruise for megadeth cruises earlier this year and uh it just happened to run into him and got to go see but the thing cool. that amazed me the most about the, the cell phone thing is that's all i saw at the show every every and, show though, and I then i w- went to see shine down and every person was using the phone lights in the crowd and is the phone it, it's just put them away for a, enjoy the music because that you don't understand that nine times out of ten that video that you post on your phone that you you're going to post out for the day you'll probably never watch it again yourself yeah you won't you'll delete it so then you just lost that memory because now you're going to record another one yeah. it's just and it's I mean, not 
cool anymore. Dude, like I'll go to a show or something. If it's somebody, maybe I'll catch like a little video or photo, and then that's my excuse. I do it early. That's my excuse yeah. to put the phone away and zone out. There's kids I know that come to like these Slayer shows or shit, and they will film the. They'll bring those portable chargers, film the whole thing. So you're talking about an hour and a half. You're looking through a phone. That's fucking nuts. I could not do that. So is that the kid that's going to sit in his basement and that's all he's going to do I that guess, next day I mean, for a month? I, yeah, I get it. It's memories. It's something you can have to show yourself or your friends or family, whatever. But I could imagine doing that for even half a set, let alone a whole set. How much fun can that be? Remember when the selfie sticks were a big thing? Oh, those things are just, that's a weapon. That's a dangerous yeah, hazard, dude. I, those things are all in your face. I, I mean, no. yeah. I mean, it's it, it, generational. I get it. You know, I mean, I, I came before cell phones and you definitely did, you know. So it's it's. I a, have a cell phone until 1999. Dude, I didn't have one until 2001, I think. I had one of those Nokia fat, like like a block. You know what I'm saying? Those, the, those ones. Mine they, was a Verizon. Comfortable. I've been with Verizon since day one. Dude, you know, I'm, I've been with AT&T since day one. All the carriers suck. No matter which one. And if you have one and you complain about it, it sucks, you switch the other one, it's going to suck too because they're yeah. all the same. There's no one that's better. If you've got the one you have, just stick with it because it's going to suck elsewhere. Yeah. Before that, I had a pager. Oh, see, I was too People young to have pagers. pagers. I had some are. of my friends with pagers. I was a little yeah. too young for that pagers. I had but, a pager. Yeah. Because it was, it was when, you're, when you're young and you don't make a lot of money and, yeah. you know, and, you know, I, I'm from, this is where I started in the music business in Fargo, North Dakota. Mm. Um. That's where we are right now. You guys don't know that. We're in glorious Fargo, North Dakota. It's about 76 degrees. The palm trees are blowing <laughs> in the wind. People are shiny. There's tan skin walking around. Everyone's really happy out there. Industry is bumping. Businesses are booming. It is a nice... I mean, it's a nice city. No, it is. And Fargo's not... I'm joking. Fargo's not experiencing, like, lack of industry like some cities. It's not burnt out from businesses leaving. It's like just a lot cold of here. It's just cold and in the middle of the country. That's all. Yeah. You know? There's a lot of cities that we go to where... You can tell there once was industry and jobs and prosperity, and that has been gone for 20, 30 years, and it's brutal. It's sad. It's cold and just disappointing. But no, this city has grown a lot since I moved away from here. But I started here in when I moved, when I got out of the Marine Corps, my parents lived here, and I came here, and after six months of being out of the Corps, and needed a place to hang out in dry out maybe or <laughs> I, I thought maybe fargo north dakota was the place to do it well lo and behold my kid's sister was in high school still and she took me to a party uh. and i met a dude that i'm still friends with to this day uh that sold me a bag of weed and i stuck around and that's so, how it started. So it and it was begins. a crap bag of weed, but well, yeah, Fargo, you know. North Dakota, in that time period too, man. I mean, now nineteen ninety four. Good weed yeah. travels distances now, but yeah. back in the day, dude, yeah. even like in like the not the south, but the east, southern part of the East Coast, like D.C., Virginia, Baltimore, they could shit weed. They'd have to come up to the Northeast to get it, you yeah. know, or, or or all the way down to Miami. I didn't see know? nice weed until I lived here when my buddy moved to Seattle and then brought some back yeah, with yeah. him one day, and, and now, it was kind of. It's everywhere. It was like, There's okay. even good Mexican weed so. now that's not pressed brick shit with stems and seeds. It's fluffy and it's grown properly. And if they you know, only knew back then what yeah. they knew now. It's fucking crazy, man. <laughs> it's so funny. It's 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 but yeah, everything's I, accessible. I, I met a I met a guy that owned a record store that's actually just around the corner here from the hotel that's now a tattoo shop at a party I a keg party at the place that I lived at when I worked at Chili's here that's no longer there. And um asked me one day if i ever wanted to maybe 
help out at a concert or something like that. And um, I'm like, sure, why not? And so the first one he ever called me on was in 96, and it happened to be Guar. And it was Guar. It's like, kind of like the height of, oh, not the height, I would say, but that's like when Guar was hitting and coming Probably, out. Probably, yeah. yeah. But we were, Shocking. you know, it was a thousand person little shed, which was Playmakers, which is now no longer there. But um, we had a makeshift barricade and it sucked. And we had Neurosis, uh, the Meat Men, which was a punk band back then. Yeah. That still is a punk band that was brutal, and the barricade basically broke, and I was conned by Dave Brocky, which was Odorous, the almighty Odorous, who is now rest in peace, David. Uh, he, uh, he, he offered me a shot of Jägermeister and a bump of cocaine to sit on the monitor wedge, which I had no idea what I was getting myself into. <laughs> Explain to for for people who don't know what that's like at a live venue. Explain to them what that is. What the monitor wedge? Yeah. Okay, the monitor wedge. A monitors are basically just so the band can hear themselves. Yeah, whoever's playing. on stage, they can hear what they're saying. They, you can put guitar in it. You can what put vocals in it. You can put drums in it. Whatever you need to to play along with the drummer's pace. That's what they're there for. Um, so, and I, I had no idea what that was. So they you know showed me, and I sat there and basically. Anybody that tried to get on our little 20 by 20 stage, yeah. you know, because it was cramped. You were security. I was the security. So that's, why that's how I started, yeah. And got the Jaeger. Like, dude, you need a bump of cocaine to drink the Jaeger. What is it, Timmy Z, what is it about dudes in, like, hard rock that want to drink Jaegermeister? I don't Cause know, Because you know what, dude? dude? It's fucking Because they give disgusting. it away for free, yeah, probably. Because you know what? That's the only way people drink it because it tastes like shit. Dude, I fucking hate Jaeger. Did you did, look at the look at the label it, and and just appear to yourself and it says, "Oh dear God, why am I drinking it's this?" So gross. Because the, if you look at the Ugh. if you look at the label, you have this. It's it's surrounded in a zero, it's so an gross, o, and there's the stag, a deer, Ugh. and then there's the cross, a Deer's God. Blood, yeah. Oh dear God. It's funny because like, I mean, yeah, like if you're young and you're taking a shot of whiskey tequila whatever for me tequila was a hard one to get down until i got a little older but you can develop like tastes for these things or tolerances at least but jaeger is one of those things that no matter what it always tastes so fucking nasty to me why would you make that your choice oh, but some people love, love it. it that's their thing uh, i but, fucking because it got it, you so hammered but there's other things quick. that get me so hammered dude i can get hammered off anything if yeah. i drink it right i just can't do of course, that of course yeah it tastes like shit to me back in my days Ugh. that's what we it would Jaeger came out when I was in my drinking days, my heydays of Which is the eighties of not the it, uh, where 90s? I was where I found 90s? out what it was after the Marine Corps. So like here in Fargo, is that I, new? It came out in the nineties. I, I don't. I'm not a I, Jaeger dude. I don't drink that. That's shit. when I found out what it was. I was a kid that my parents drank scotch and gin and vodka, yeah. normal beverages. beer, and they normal. they drank it in quantities where I could take it and not have to worry about getting caught with it. So it's a rough one. But then I had I had a job at the I had a job at an athletic club that the stupid, stupid manager never kept the liquor count. It was all college kids. It's a health club. It was a health club that had a bar and alcohol. Yeah. Had a bar and oxymoronic elements that exist there. It's still there. Made it was a moneymaker. But they had this lady that never Never ever kept liquor counts. That's like when you're little and you're stealing booze from your friends' yep. parents' liquor, and you still we're gonna take a little gin here, we're gonna take a little vodka, we'll take a, you mix it all in one thing, and it's obviously disgusting. And put it this way: we would go Recipe there at like death. 
on a Saturday night before they close at midnight and grab a keg <laughs> because we had a key to get it. Oh, yeah. You just had to drag it up a hill and put it in a car. It's fucking work. Hey, you got, when you're young too, you we got the will. We always used to have to work for it. You but know? You, when you're young, you will work for it. Oh, you yeah. You got the fucking drive, dude. We used to, we, our first destination always on Fridays or Saturday nights was we'd all meet at the McDonald's in the hometown that I, when I was Chicken in high nuggets, school. Chicken nuggets, five piece, what? What just that? Oh, just the just just to just to kind of piece together what we're gonna do for the night, you know. <laughs> you know, plan you've been planning it out in high in school. You whip out all a piece of paper on the map. Okay, you know? here's the keg. We're gonna go in there because we didn't have cell phones back. back then. Yeah, and, and I, you know, you had you relied on your mom leaving you a yeah. message. Guys, I'll pick that, you back up here in five hours. So that Same you know, place. I, yeah, I remember yeah, those days. Like I remember call, those call days on a, on a payphone. But, um. Say your buddy pulls up and grabs you and, oh, hey, mom, where are you going? Blah, 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 this, this, that. Okay, so see ya. I never had a curfew. My parents trusted me enough that yeah, that I, had, I had a I had job. Me. I had a yeah. job that I worked till midnight anyway, so why, yeah. you know? Smart. So, yeah, yeah, they give you a little room to run around, less likely to be the crazy kid at all. Yeah. all well, then I was 18, too, when I was a junior, so I really was an adult yeah. then anyways, and they kind of, if I kept on... I was I was a I was a screwed up kid before that I I I didn't know I was adopted till I was like eleven oh, years shit. old. Oh shit! You just dropped the bomb on yeah, us. Yeah. So. Oh. oh, you never know that. I didn't know I that. Tell you that. No. Wow. Yeah. So, so you were how old? Eleven. I was eleven when I found out. They so told you. I was in Catholic or did school. Did you find so out? I was, like... I was in I was in the seventh grade of Catholic school, and um, I needed to take my baby book to. What's religion a baby class. Book? What's a baby book? Um, back then, some Health parents class? would like write stuff in it, and like the day you're born with your parents' names and pictures, and your first lock of hair, your first tooth that you knocked out, maybe your first stitch, your first poop, whatever. Ah. You know, a baby book. Well, I had never seen my baby book, so I, my mom said, "Hey, here you go." On the on the way out of rushing to school, and she forgot to think about what was in that book, so I took it to religion class and I opened it up and I, I kind of looked at it and then I shut it and then the nun came over. I can't remember what her name was. Ah, the nuns. Um, this was a nice one. They're um, great guys, great girls. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> guys, girls. And, and it, it was different. My name was different than my name that I had then that my, my last name is Zukowski, yeah. but my real name was Richards on this this person this chuck that's my dad's name chuck oh, so shit. and we, we're not we're not i've i've seen him three times i've talked to him maybe a dozen he doesn't give a squirt of piss about me so whatever oh, oh dude so. Bro, well at least you're you know about it you want to go take a jaeger shot about it we'll forget about it real no. quick no <laughs> erase that shit mind eraser <laughs> Nope. Sometimes I have a tattoo on my arm that says that's evil. So no, that's a reminder to not drink. About oh, I thought you say evil about Jaeger. Oh, he's you know what he he's got one two three five five kids that he does know about or does deal with. Yeah, actually, I did the ancestry dot com and actually found out that his brother has an illegitimate daughter who's I've become friends with on that. So. I've always I'm always hoping that, that I'm always hoping I know it's not a great thing to probably put your but I'm not a criminal so yeah. you know 
I mean, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll do it one day. I don't know. I don't want to like find out everything I know is a lie. I don't, you know, the ancestry shit. I'm nervous. Yeah. I'm not really. Most of my family came here like a later time, so it's a little more traceable, you know. But still, I have friends who do that shit and they find out some wild shit. Oh, there's people that have been devastated to find out that they're not who they think yeah, they yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you, know? you, you live 30 yeah. years of your life thinking one thing, yeah. and then you find out the other. I get it. I get it, dude. It could be kind of fucking tough, you know? You I, I, I really haven't divulged into that side of the family. Um, I know who my siblings are. Um, I'm friendly with them. Um, I'm probably closer to my oldest sister. Uh, then my youngest brother, Chad, which we don't, you know, but we talk, but we don't, you know, hang like we used to. Happens. We're getting older. Happens, He's got yeah. kids that are teenagers and blah, 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 whatever. So, um, but I, there's there's two in there that I just don't really. Yeah. I mean, my sis, the other sister and other brother, they're they're lost. They're not lost to me, but just. I've tried to be friends. Yeah, dude, with sometimes and it's just the yeah, same old, yeah. you got to let people so, come to their yeah, shit on their yeah, own time yeah. and then not waste your yeah. energy and time. But you tried, right? I've tried. I've tried. So that's all you yeah. can do, dude. Sometimes um, you got to let it. If they came to me in a dire need of something, of course, I'll, you know, they're my flesh and blood. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's the funniest thing about family, dude. I have family members who fucking beef, hate each other, don't talk, but when it comes down to those real serious times, it's it's all good. Like if my brother needed a kidney and I yeah. was a match, of course. And that's how it is, dude. My my mother and some of her family members fucking hate each other in some weird ways. They don't hate each other, but they're mean as fuck to each other. But it comes down to something serious. It's all good. It's they're they're down for each other. And it, you know, it, and it's probably a good thing now that I would I would love to learn about the genetics of my DNA. See, that's what interests me about yeah. my lineage is is, is genetics because those are the things that actually affect me. Yeah. How I am, how what like I how might did, be how like. Did I get picked to have multiple sclerosis. Yeah, right. Or any of those things, like yeah. you know, mental health issues, uh, physical health issues, uh, certain I like diseases are hereditary. Out of the bag. What the, well, the MS? Not a lot of people know that I have that. Oh uh, well, now they do, dude. <laughs> now they do. <laughs> Fuck I gotta it. stop smoking weed, bro. <laughs> let sometimes smoking weed lets you say things too much. I always find people drinking say things too much. You know? No, I, I think it makes me more relaxed. And you're easy to talk to. Yeah, dude. Friends, yeah, so. we're, it's all good. We're boys. This is this is a safe Bullshit. space. Safe I know. space. I know. I know. You know? And do you had it when you were, obviously you must have had it when you were in the Marines, right? Um, I'm trying to prove that, but, you know, that's kind of tough. Oh, why? Because you had it like, you would have a lawsuit or something? I, I okay, so I didn't, I didn't, I fell down in 2012 and that's when I... Well, that's when you got diagnosed? I was diagnosed like a So it's harder later. for them to trace it back yeah. and say when it, Kicked in or something? Yeah. Right, yeah. It's like if you work for a certain company or a factory or some shit and you might have obtained a illness while you were working there, that's like money. That's a lawsuit, right? But they they can't prove that you got it there yeah, and then. Um, yes. I could probably do the golf horse syndrome thing. I just haven't gone that Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So. Come back with a little something. I Who mean, knows? you know, every uh, everybody, man, like you, that came back from different wars. You know, people coming back from Vietnam had the Asian Orange thing, the Gulf War syndrome for that. Even dudes I like my grandfather in like World War Two, they were in the Navy in, in uh, submarines and shit. Like certain chemicals and things were utilized in those 
submarines that infects you, you know, gives you like fungus things on the thing. How about all the crap that they give you? Yeah. The pills I mean, you're, you're, and the vaccines. You're, you're, you're a guinea the, pig, dude, in some yeah, ways, you know. Exactly. And even when you work for factories in, in the 70s, 60s, 80s, dude, even. I had, I've had vaccines for Black Plague 1, 2, and 3. What I didn't know the Black Plague still was around, Black dude. Plague. I thought that was done in the fucking 1400s, that, dude. That should be in like a vial. That's like medieval times, bro. Buried in the earth. I like thought the rats thousands gave that. feet underneath them. Yeah, we're, I thought we were know? past the Black Plague, man. Polio uh, is polio coming back? I know. I, you know I what? Not. Okay, so we have the you know the whole uh, vaccine craze in the world oh, yeah. nowadays. You know, does it cause this? Does it do that? I hope people realize that you put everyone at risk if yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. do it. Yeah. Stop. Be- I stop believing in fairy tales. Stop believing in the internet. Stop. You know, God. Stop yeah. watching. TV? This and yeah. top watching News that. and TV is bad for you, oh. man. Commercials, anything that has commercials is bad for you. I've noticed traveling the world that our commercials in the United States are more drug-related than most places. Drug-related? You, you mean like pharmaceutical that? Related? Pharmaceuticals. Oh, have well, you we're noticed only one that? of the only countries besides like two others that you're allowed to legally advertise for that. Australia. Yeah, I think those are the two countries, right? Yeah. Australia and yeah. I noticed that they had a few of them on there, but yeah, it but wasn't like Asia, ours. South America, yeah. Europe, you, you can't. Japan, uh, they, they don't. Do yeah, dude. Yeah. And like, no. I, I get that. That's kind of nice because then you're not pumping it at somebody. You're only going to learn about these drugs. If you have an issue, you go to your doctor and they suggest it to you. They're not thrown at you, so you think, you know what? Mm, maybe I should get this. You know, you have no yeah. idea about it. I agree with that, dude. I mean, I don't know, the pharmaceutical industry and the healthcare industry in America is uh, uh, it's, it's a ri- racket. It's, it's yeah, it's a racket. It's rich with corruption and the the depth of the evils that exist there. It's, 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 it's the there. O- the you know, from the opiates to the the um, diabetes medicine oh, to. Uh, cancer medicine yeah. and the money's like you said it's in the medicine it's not in the cures yeah. for these things of course it's not it's never for the cure of course dude. because I'm sorry but the amount of money that we pump into the cancer foundations oh, and all that the pink have you not figured something out donations? yet come on it's it's a fucking racket, dude. Come on, you haven't figured it out yet. You know you they've got the cure for it. Ah. If you're one of those rich billionaire like Freemason Illuminati family dudes, they they're curing your cancer. They they're curing shit for you. You know if you're up there, but like the average person, nah, it's too much money to make. Too much money because it's constant. You're coming back for it. You're coming it's back ridiculous. For it. When it someone's like with okay, so with multiple sclerosis, let's talk about that. The average amount of population per capita of the world is we have a very small amount of patients 2.5 million maybe patients in the worldwide have multiple sclerosis so you know it's not on the list yeah yeah, it's not a top killer it's on the nice list of you know if you live in a medical marijuana state it's like one or two number one or two to get that but it's not on the we're going to look for a cure but we're going to give you something that might halfway cure put it at put it at bay but we can't guarantee it's going to help you. But you'll feel like shit. It may rot your brain. <laughs> and That's and it's going to cost though. you a lot of money. And oh, hopefully your insurance company will pay for it. Hopefully. If not, you're going to be living on the streets trying to pay for it, dude. Well, with MS, there are the MS society that will pay for your meds if you can't, if you qualify. Yeah. So. Just got to qualify, dude. And I, I, you know, when I... Did when I first I was on Rebif and it was twelve thousand dollars every month and it was How, re- what what twelve thousand dollars for twelve shots. Twelve. I gave, I gave that, myself. But you you're not paying this. 
your, your, your that's ha- how much it costs. Yeah, the, the I health insurance know. company or somebody's paying. My that. my my copay was nine. They paid nine. I did. Wait, a month. You're for doing... a whole month supply. Yeah. Jesus Christ, dude. The lady when I when I called when I changed insurance, the lady called and said, "Are you sitting down?" And I'm like, "Yes." And she goes, <laughs> "Do you have a credit card?" Yo. And I'm like, for what? And she goes, your copay you have is like eight nine, credit cards? $900. You have a bunch of gold laying in a fucking so vault? I, yeah, I, I told them no. And then um, I yeah. did some research, and we I figured out we could do uh, the MS Society. They have, like a lot of, you'll hear that on these drug companies now, you'll hear in the back end of the commercial that if you can't afford it, that you can call this number yeah. and they'll help you pay for it. At least they're striving to do That's that. Crazy, it's just ridiculous dude. that... My that's medicine costs twelve thousand. There's another drug they want to put me on I'm that's sure. sixty-two thousand dollars for a one-day injection dude. twice a year. Yeah, and and dude, that's such a racket, such a racket that'll put people on the street. It'll put you at your and house. Your it's home. made by the same company that makes boner pills. <laughs> Pfizer. And you could just you go to they, a, You think yeah. they made enough money? Pfizer, off they made of oxycodone. You could just go and get those crazy. You know what I've always wanted to do as an experiment, but I think it's too risky. Is try to go to one of like a gas station and take the the random crazy like boner pills they sell at the counter, not the doctor like FDA approved ones. Yeah. Some like Asian cartoon of like a monster Ginseng, fucking dick. Yeah, yeah I feel like that might kill you though. It might give you like a boner for four ah, days. I don't think they would. I don't think it's probably what you're getting is probably like a vitamin B ginseng. That's all it is in there. You know, it may it may have like all this other stuff, you know. Rhino. Porn, not like back porn. in the day when you could buy white crosses there. I don't you even know what the fuck the, a white cross the is. The trucker speed back then. It was oh. amphetamine. That's um, before uh, my time. A fedrin. Fedrin. A fedrin. Yeah. Do they still give you a fucking amphetamines like Adderall and shit over the counter? I mean, not over the counter I with can the get prescription. It with, with MS, but I refuse to do that. Yeah, I don't That's rock with the uh, Adderall <laughs> Ritalins, dude. Wild times, dude. You can get all kinds of. With my with my disease, you I got it. Just, uh, uh, so let's go get hooked up. What you doing? Let's go. Let's go get some. No, no I'm jo- I was joking, dude. I don't no, even mess with that. No, no. Unless you get some like make some uh, some like what do you call that? Medical grade acid? Some medical grade MDMA? I, you know, I've been reading and I've had friends that have been talking about you know now that Denver and certain certain other places are doing mushrooms yeah. now, and even a, a fellow that you and I know, Dave, he had talked to me about it. Um, and I don't know how to say Dave's last name. If don't you worry about it. Okay, then. I love the dude. He's a great guy. He helped me out. Um, but we, he talked about the the whole using mushrooms and to reset part of your brain. They yeah, talk no, that's about a great it now. Yeah, psilocybin. I use that shit for so. resetting. I mean, dude, I got some in my fucking bag right now. You want to go reset? Let's <laughs> fucking save your spine. Let's save that spine.